Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the May edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. We're going to start with an article from our director. Hi everyone. It is my honor to have been named Executive Director of the Eagle. It means I get to work alongside the amazing individuals on our nonprofit Crestone Eagle Community Media Board of Directors to sustain many wonderful things about our newspaper while expanding into new territory. The board, the Eagle staff, and I will work together to expand in what we call the three R's. Reach. We want to expand our news reach. We'd love to cover not only our very own Crestone, but the entire San Luis Valley, to bring us together and connect us all. Readership. We want more people to read the Eagle. As we expand our news coverage, we'd like to gather more paper outlets in Salida, Alamosa, Del Norte, Monte Vista, Center, and more. Revenue. We want to bring in more revenue. Yes, we are a nonprofit, but there are so many future projects we would like to take on. 1. We want to hire full-time news reporters to keep us all informed of breaking news. Why were there sirens in town today? What is all that smoke down the street from me? Where are the bears breaking into houses? 2. We want to have up-to-date breaking news on our website so we can be a timely, trusted online news source. 3. We want to take our digital presence to the next level, posting audio and video on our website, keeping our social media current, podcasts, and who knows, maybe even a a Crestone Eagle app on your phone. Already, with your help in recent fundraisers and with grants we've been awarded, we have 1. Hired new in-house staff, 2. Hired Zayla Pearson Good as our regional news project manager to bring in new writers and cover more news and features around the valley. Three, purchased new computers and printers and upgraded our software to run more efficiently. Four, been able to keep the lights on without worrying about a monthly deficit. Five, held events like our wine, cheese, and conversation in April, which we plan on doing throughout the year. Six, continue to bring you local trusted news to ensure we are all informed about topics that affect us, about community events that bring us together, and with information on local businesses and services. Anytime you feel the calling to donate to help support the Eagle's expanded vision, please leave us a check or cash at the Eagle office. Send a check to P.O. Box 101 or visit the website creststoneeagle.org slash donate. Thank you for your support. It means the world to us. Written by Jennifer Itchison. And we have some timely news from the Crestone Charter School. Spring 2023 Enrollment Timeline. May 5th, re-enrollment forms are due. May 6th, Saturday at noon, open house for all prospective students and any community members interested in learning about CCS's rich and unique programming. May 10th at 8 a.m., pre-enrollment form for new students are due. And forms are available at the website bit.ly slash capital CCS, lowercase enroll, 
and the numbers 2023. So that's bit.ly slash ccsenroll2023. Now turning to Swatch County News, written by Sandia Belgrade. State-mandated building code. International energy codes are being adopted around the world to ensure energy-efficient building, something needed in this time of climate change. Swatch County has never had a building code, and when one is implemented, it will be a historic decision and one not easily made. Although the county commissioners recently agreed not to adopt state building codes at this time, this is an important ongoing issue that the Eagle will continue to follow. Nuisance Ordinance After a second public hearing, the county nuisance ordinance passed at the Commission's second business meeting in April. Already, the promises to help clean up blight are being turned into action. The county code enforcers are seeing people step up. Swatch County is seeking individuals or businesses that would like to be added to a research list which would assist residents in junk removal from their property. The Baca Ground Property Owners Association, POA, is setting up two roll-offs for cleanup in the Baca Ground to get material to the regional landfill. For Earth Day in Crestone, neighbors helping neighbors clean trash in Crestone. Hopefully, these efforts will continue year-round. It is important to remember that the nuisance ordinance is a one-size-fits-all. It does not specifically address the issues of residents who are aging, disabled, or have no financial means to clean up the blight or afford a septic system. The present Board of County Commissioners clearly does want to help, but the way the ordinance is written, another group of commissioners could act in a more punitive way. Noteworthy items. Sales tax grants have been announced. Swatch County has awarded $80,352 to applicants from all around the county, a sizable sum. Colorado Department of Transportation, CDOT, presented its upcoming projects around the state, including Animal Crossing, underpasses that avoid collisions. A great job opportunity awaits in the public land discussion Tristan Post, head ranger at the Bureau of Land Management San Luis Valley Field Office in Monte Vista, said they need additional summer help. The usual seasonal people did not apply. For more information, contact Post at 719-852-7074. And we have an article about the business or the building codes. County says no to adopting state building code. This is written by Gussie Fauntleroy. The Swatch County Commissioners on April 27th unanimously agreed not to adopt state energy and building codes at this time, giving the county time to create a task force to continue studying the issue. The decision came after a special work session two days earlier in which the commissioners heard from local builders, including owner builders and those employing alternative building methods and materials, as well as architects and contractors. The decision also followed a meeting with County Attorney Brad Crowell, who told the commissioners that because the county does not presently have building or energy codes, it is not legally required to adopt state codes at this point. Swatch County is one of 11 Colorado counties without building codes. In previous discussions, this point had been unclear. Commissioners had been told that according to Colorado House Bill 22-1362, building greenhouse gas emissions, if the county did not adopt the 2018 code in three years, it would be required to adopt the state's newest and most stringent codes. This turned out not to be the case. Commissioner 
Liza Marone said. This puts the brakes on, she said, adding that adopting an extremely complex set of state building and energy codes would have numerous unknown and unintended consequences for Sawatch County homeowners and builders. For example, state codes requiring the use of stamped lumber purchased from building supply companies could put Valley Sawmills out of business. Other mandates applicable to cities would also result in hardships in our rural situation, Marone said. While a major goal of the state's latest building and energy codes is increased energy efficiency aimed at combating climate change, Marone noted that many homeowners and builders in the Valley are already ahead of the curve in this respect. A joint task force including the county commissioners, county planning commission, builders, architects, homeowners, and other stakeholders now has time to address the building code issue, Marone said. The task force's goal will be to find solutions to help ensure sound, energy-efficient construction while taking into consideration homeowners' rights and those conditions distinctive to Sedwatch County, she said. And we have a front-page article, Property Owners Can Expect a Tremendous Tax Hike. This is out of Sedwatch County. Property owners in most of rural Colorado can expect tremendous valuation increases when they receive their 2023 notice of valuation on or about May 1st, including Sawatch County. Over the past two years, a strong demand for real estate, increased building material costs, historically low mortgage rates, and a steady migration from larger cities into rural Colorado have all contributed to these historic valuation increases. Rural Colorado has been discovered and people are paying much higher prices for properties for the opportunity to live here. Under Colorado law, county assessor offices throughout the state conduct a complete reevaluation of all properties in their county every two years. The previous valuations were based on a June 30, 2020 level of value. These valuations used market sales data from July 1, 2018 through June 30, 2020. The new 2023 valuations are based on a June 30, 2022 level of value and were established using market sales data from July 1, 2020 through June 30, 2022. These new valuations will be used for tax years 2023 and 2024, payable in 2024 and 2025, respectively. Any sales transactions occurring after June 30, 2022 cannot be used or considered until the next reappraisal in 2025. The Colorado Legislature sets the appraisal date, the market, sales data collection period, and the annual calendar for the assessment process. In addition to lowering assessment rates, the Colorado Legislature has also provided an actual value exemption of $15,000 per residential property and $30,000 per improved commercial property for tax year 2023. These actual valuation exemptions will not be reflected in the notices of valuation but will be applied prior to the 2023 tax bills being sent. Tax calculations also take mill levies into account. Mill levies are established by the county commissioners, school districts, and the boards of the various taxing entities such as fire, recreation, library, sanitation, cemetery, etc. A summation of these various individual levies is applied to the assessed value to determine the taxes due. It is undetermined at this time what the 2023 mill levies will do since the taxing entities will not set their 2023 mill levies until later this fall during their budget hearings. The assessor's office is solely responsible for establishing valuations, not taxes. To accomplish this, 
The assessor uses actual market sales transactions to build a mass appraisal valuation model that is then used to set the values on all properties within the county. With the 2020 repeal of the Gallagher Amendment to the state constitution, assessment rates are now dictated by the Colorado Legislature for all 64 Colorado counties. Ultimately, the assessor's goal is to equalize property values and ensure that the tax burden is distributed fairly and equitably among property owners within the statutory and constitutional guidelines of the state of Colorado. Property owners have recourse through exemptions for those who qualify and protests. There are exemptions for seniors, disabled veterans, and Gold Star spouses, so watch County Assessor Peter Peterson explained. Veterans and Gold Star spouses must apply through the Divisions of Veterans Affairs, while seniors may apply through the Assessor's Office. Seniors must be 65 years old as of January 1st and have owned or lived in their house as their primary residence for 10 years or more. The exemption exempts half of the first $200,000 of property's actual value from taxes, he said. The protest deadline has been extended to June 8th this year. For questions about your property value, please call 719-655-2521 or send an email to Pete Peterson. I'm sorry, that's P. Peterson. So it is P-P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N at SawatchCounty-CO.gov. And now moving on to celebratory news, San Luis Valley communities celebrate Cinco de Mayo. This was written by Emil, Emily Warner. Cinco de Mayo means 5th of May in Spanish, and to many people it is simply a day to party with Mexican beer and food. But to those who understand its history, it is a day to honor and celebrate Mexican-American heritage and the values and contributions of brave men and women who stood for freedom and independence. Approximately 45% of the San Luis Valley identifies as Hispanic or Hispano, descendants of Valley's original Mexican families. Many of the towns and communities throughout the SLV bear Hispanic names and maintain the architecture, style, culture, and traditions of their Spanish or Mexican origins. It is not surprising, then, that the SLV will host numerous celebrations for Cinco de Mayo this year. Community Events Crestone Celebrate Cinco de Mayo on the dance floor with reggae artist Peto Bantan. Hosted at Crestone's Cloud Station, doors open at 8 p.m. Swatch. Swatch will be hosting its 8th annual Cinco de Mayo Fiesta Block Party on 4th Street from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Friday, May 5th. Dinner will be served and guests will enjoy music, dancing, and a performance of the Mexican hat dance by local preschoolers. Cinco de Mayo is important to Swatch to honor and engage our Hispanic community, says organizer Lori Vija with Heart of Swatch KV. We have had great success since 2016 celebrating the unique cultural heritage of Swatch, she said. Vigil notes that every year the number of participants grows and that many families come from quite a distance to join local relatives in the festivities. Some community members enjoy collaborating, promoting ethnic consciousness, and building community engagement in festivities, adds Swatch resident Laura Abeta. In our little community, it comes down to the practice of preparing Mexican dishes, keeping the culture alive while enjoying family time, and handing down generations of recipes and memories. Monte Vista. 
The Optimistic Citizens Action Network is hosting the third annual Cinco de Mayo Street Festival from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. on the 100 and 200 blocks of Adams Street. As the holiday falls on a Friday, many kids will be out of school, so there will be kid-friendly activities such as face painting, a bounce house, halls, way, escape room, and lots of fun games. Local businesses will be offering specials, and there will be food trucks, more than 45 craft vendors, dancers, a beer garden, a car show, and a low-rider car cruise to honor our veterans. A DJ will get people dancing in the streets, and at 5 p.m., live music will kick off with the mo- Maraca style music of Moon Shadow Marauders, followed by Mariachi San Luis. Alamosa, Julie Shecon, Executive Director for the Sango de Cristo National Heritage Area, is overseeing the annual Sango de Cristo National Heritage Area Cinco de Mayo block party, which will be held between San Juan Avenue and Main Street from 4.30 p.m. to midnight in Alamosa. Festivities will include dancing and dance instruction, food and beverages, live music, and much more. Our annual Cinco de Mayo block party is a great opportunity to get out and learn traditional and cultural dances and music of our ancestors, says Chacon. She adds that our ancestors used to get together for celebrations under the night sky through dancing, listening to music, and being among friends. The event will be coordinated with Alamosa's First Fridays, a monthly celebration of art, entertainment, shopping, and dining. Businesses will be offering specials and will stay open late, and there will be vendors along the market on Main. The Cinco de Mayo holiday commemorates the victory of a small volunteer army of Mexican soldiers over 6,000 French troops at the Battle of Puebla on May 5, 1862. The following year, Latino men and women in Southern California began to observe the day to show support and solidarity with Mexico against French rule. With the American Civil War taking place, it was a way to express their views on democracy, freedom over slavery, and racial equality. By the 1930s, the observance had spread into other areas of the country, and by the 1960s, it had become a widely celebrated holiday among Mexican-Americans, especially students and those involved in social movements of the time. These celebrations often needed sponsorships. Alcoholic beverage companies took notice and began to use the holiday as an opportunity to sell Mexican beer and other beverages. Thus, the party spirit of the holiday was established. While the holiday is celebrated in the state of Puebla, Mexico, it is not a notable holiday for most of Mexico. In the United States, however, it has become a distinctly Mexican-American holiday and a way to celebrate Mexican heritage with traditional foods, folk music and dancing, battle reenactments, and community gatherings. Some people erroneously mistake Cinco de Mayo for Mexico's Independence Day. That day, however, is September 16th. National Hispanic Heritage Month takes play from September 15th to October 15th as a celebration of the histories, cultures, achievements, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. On May 5th, when you are enjoying that early summer cerveza and a tasty plate of the great Mexican food available in the SLV, take a moment to acknowledge the many contributions that Hispanic culture has brought to the area. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo as the fun and festive holiday that it is today, and remember that it is based on the belief of freedom, equity, and democracy. Now turning to library district news, 
from the Northern Swatch County Library District and written by Sarah Cohen Fry, Northern Swatch County Library District. Be sure you follow the Northern Swatch County Library District on Facebook for up-to-the-minute news releases, notifications, and events you won't want to miss. Recurring programs, pre-K story time every Tuesday at the Swatch Public Library at 10 a.m. led by awesome community volunteers. Writers group every Tuesday at the Baca Grand Library at 2 p.m. Cosplay for tweens and teens Tuesdays at the Baca Grand Library at 3.30 p.m. Game time, self-directed, every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. at the Baca Grand Library. Take a break with your friends at the library. We have a variety of board games for you to play. And free food Friday, all day and every Friday at both libraries. Special events, elementary story hour special programs with Kathy on Thursday, May 4th at 2 p.m. at the Swatch Public Library. CCS second and third grade special program with Noemi Nomi Tuesday, May 2nd. That would have been today. Sorry about that. And then CCS link on Tuesday, May 23rd at 9 a.m. at Baca Grand Library. CCS 4th and 5th grade, Tuesday, May 9th at 1 p.m. at the Baca Grand Library. CCS 2nd and 3rd grade, Wednesday, May 10th at 1.30 p.m. at the Baca Grand Library. Sourdough Starting Party with Alyssa on Wednesday, May 10th at 5 p.m. at the Baca Grand Library. Mountain Valley High School visits all day at the Swatch Public Library on Thursday, May 18th. Family Genealogy Class with Carolyn, the first four Mondays of May, the 1st, 8th, 15th, and 22nd at 10.30 a.m. at the Swatch Public Library. Community Flea Market, sponsored by the NSCLD at Otto Mears Park in Swatch from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 20th. And call the Swatch Public Library at 719-655-2551 if you'd like a table at the flea market. It will be held the last Saturday of each month in June, July, August, September, and possibly October. Library hours and closures. Both libraries will be closed on Monday, May 29th in honor of Memorial Day. Baca Grand Library hours are Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Swatch Public Library hours are Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Masks are welcome, but not required. And in entertainment news, Tone Dog comes to Wildwood Sounds. Tone Dog takes the stage May 6th at 7 p.m. at Wildwood Sounds in Del Norte. Tone Dog emerged out of a shared passion for playing and improvising together for live audiences. The group was born in small town, out of the way, Kaloa, Colorado, on a sheep farm. That must have mean Colorado sheep farm. Where Alex Graff, guitar and vocals, Tony Holmquist, mandolin vocals, and Silas Hamilton, bass, fiddle, and vocals, first began playing for small groups of family and friends. After the 2020 disruptions to life, the three realized life is short and is best spent doing what they love most, playing live bluegrass together. With diverse musical backgrounds including jazz, grunge, traditional Irish, dance, old time, and the dead, the trio combines a variety of sounds into a singular form of driving, purpose-filled bluegrass music. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. on May 6 and 7, and showtime is at 7. Tickets are $20 at the door. Reserve at 719-657-4757. There will be a Sweetie Snacky Potluck. Bring your favorite treat to share with coffee and tea on the house. Wildwood Sounds, a wonderful listening room, is located at 850 Grand Avenue, Highway 160 in Del Norte. 
And taking a look at the community calendar, Friday, May 5th, Pato Banton Cloud Station, doors open at 8 p.m., $20 cover charge. Sunday, May 7th, Sufi Deeker, all welcome to participate in person or over Zoom. Email hamidanur303 at gmail.com or call 719-588-8602. It is being held from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on May 7th. And on Wednesday, May 10th, Crestone End of Life Project monthly meeting will be held at 7 p.m. on the 10th at Little Shepherd and via Zoom. Email informedfinalchoices at gmail.com for more information. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.